Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Prairie Dumpster Podcast, the 879,000th best fucking podcast in the goddamn world. We're doing it. We're climbing up the ranks. Soon we'll be on par with InfoWars and with guys we fucked. Those two podcasts will be on. We'll be at that level. We'll be fringe. It'll be good. We're uh, we're finding our market. We're finding our niche market. I've got five plays on episode one, and I only played. Uh, I only played that track four times. That means that someone listened to the fucking podcast, and it was also retweeted or re shared on our SoundCloud by someone named, uh, I think it's Cosmos Bot, and they're re-sharing everything, so, so look the fuck out, is what I'm saying, in a couple of, uh, I would say in another decade or two, in another decade or two, this podcast, we're going to be, we're going to be top 400,000. And that's, that's, I think, I mean, that's when you start making trillions of dollars doing what you love, right? I think so. I did a uh, episode of uh, my buddy Ron Moore has a podcast called The Money Shot. And I don't know how I came off. In fact, even with this podcast, I don't know how I'm coming off and it concerns me. I don't know what I say half the time because I'm not doing prep work and I'm not watching what I say. So it's hard to say whether or not I'm uh, um, embarrassing myself or, uh, or if I'm funny at times. But I think it's about time that I started embracing the cringe aspects of myself and just lean into it who gives a fuck who cares I feel fantastic right now Um, I really do I feel pretty good which is a miracle it's a goddamn miracle in and of itself because I done got drunk last night we got drunk and um and I don't say that to be cool. I don't. I know. I know it's. Man, dude, we got fucking shitter last night. We went hard. Holy fuck, dude. We did shots. It was fucking crazy. I know how lame that is. That's not why I'm saying it. Just happens to be a fact that I done got drunk. But I drank some Gatorade. And last night I had a sub crispy chicken. And some chips. And as the last bite was in my mouth, I gulped it down. And three seconds later, I was snoring. So my body was so busy processing this massive last second Hail Mary sub sandwich. That it, uh, I guess it didn't have time to really um, know how drunk it was. And so I think I got off scot-free. This is the best the best day I've had, um, you know, as far as uh, being hungover and stuff that I've had in a long time. So we're doing okay. I'm going to adjust the mic here. There might be some weird noises. Bear with me, you fucking peasants. There we go. Now we're fucking cooking, aren't we? All right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, man, it just dawned on me. I have nothing to talk about again. I have nothing to talk about. Something must have happened this past week. I bought some incense. <laughs> I did. I bought some incense. 
because at times I like the smell. I don't mind the smell of incense, except I last time I got uh, it was like Habuli Forest or something. This one is like uh, I don't know Mahatma Sunrise. I, I don't know, but this one, whereas the last one is smelt of of bamboo and a um, a uh, Bengali jungle. Uh, this one has tinges of a uh, Delhi outhouse. <laughs> this one, it smells like piss. This this incense smells like straight piss. And it smells kind of good. Not that piss smells good, but this one kind of, it's kind of fragrant. But there are some definite urine undertones to this incense. So I don't know if I'm going to burn it. I think I'm just going to stick with Febreze. I don't necessarily know if um, incense has the aromatic therapeutic properties that it claims it does. It's like, oh, it's aromatherapy. Smell some shit and you'll feel better. I don't know if I believe in that. But who gives a fuck? Anyways, what are we going to do today? Got, my apartment smells like piss. I got new cabinets. I got new cabinets. Big news. The uh, caretaker of my apartment building um, signed me up for cabinets. And uh, they put new cabinets in the apartment. And after they did 33 units, uh, finally, they came to my apartment. And they looked around and they said, Jesus Christ, this place is a dump. This place is gross. We almost don't even want to put new cabinets in there. And I was like, no, but you have to, don't you? And they're like, yeah, yeah, we do. But we're not going to do it for a while. So then I got in my car and I went down to Sussex Realty. I went down to their offices. They're the apartment building uh, property management company. And uh, I walked into their offices and I reached into my bag and I pulled out a gun. And it was just a handgun. It wasn't a rifle or anything, but it was a gun and it was loaded. But I wasn't there to hurt anybody. And they knew that because I took the gun and I put the barrel against my own temple. And I said, hey, um, do you know when those cabinets are getting installed? And they said, yeah, it should be in next week. And then I went, oh, okay. And then I put the gun back in my bag and I walked out. And then I went to... Um, Quiznos and I got a sub sandwich there so anyways the they came with the cabinets and they installed them and uh, I've got brand new cabinets because my old cabinets were uh, from the 1920s 30s maybe they were old the last tenant that was here I guess English was his second or third language or maybe he just didn't speak it but he wanted to label it, and so he wrote down uh, medium plats, uh, large platsies, you know, to uh, differentiate the sizes of plates, I guess. I don't know. The guy had a hard time spelling, but he did it in permanent marker, so anyone that I brought over thought that I was a fucking moron, so that was nice. But they ripped that out. They ripped it out. There's a minor bug infestation in there, a couple of rat droppings, a couple of millipedes. Um, but after they gassed that and, you know, put out the fires, they put in new cabinets and it looks great. It looks great. And this apartment has that new cabinet smell, which is great because it's helping to dampen that fucking incense urine smell that I was talking about earlier. We got new cabinets. We got new cabinets and we're ready to fuck. All right. Here we go. Let's take a look at the... Uh... The headlines. Dolphins rescued at Heart's Delight, Islington. Some still trapped in ice. Jeez, uh, it's just a non... Non-stop bummer. 
Chris Rock released a special. He went live on Netflix. I didn't really see it, but I was talking with some buddies of it. You know, he's pissed. And he's got reason to be pissed. Because Will Smith... um, Will Smith slapped Chris Rock. We all know that story. And Will Smith was a a bitch about it. He was a real bitch that day. Chris Rock is calling him a bitch. In his special, he calls him a bitch about 40 times in a row. And it's... uh, very angry. Chris Rock is angry. At least that special seemed angry. But I was talking with my friends, you know, these are two multi-multi-millionaires, okay? They're both like 50, 60 years old. How are they not wiser than this? You know, how are they still getting upset? How is Chris Rock still pissed? I guess it seems like he has to be pissed. But is he actually pissed? Because if he's actually pissed, then that's a fucking problem. I feel like that's a problem with his development. I mean, you're one of the greatest of all time. That's across the board. No one's going to dispute that. And if they do, they're a fucking moron. One of the greatest stand-ups of all time. You're a multimillionaire. Will Smith is being critically and socially panned across the table. I don't think anyone's standing up for Will Smith unless, again, you're a fucking moron. It seems weird to me that Chris Rock... (coughs) God damn it. It seems weird to me that Chris Rock would be actually mad. And he comes off like he's actually mad. He's coming off real pissed. And it's like, why? 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 Fucking go to an island and look at the trees. Anyways, that's my take. I don't know. I've just been thinking about what kind of, you know, what am I going to be as an old man? What kind of an old man am I going to be? Do I want to be a uh, old cunty curmudgeon? You know, because I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. That's fun. Those old guys have a place. I love those old guys. You know, that Gran Torino style of, uh, yeah, I'm a racist, but I'm settling into it. I like that style of old man. Get the fuck off my lawn. You know, I, those guys are funny. They're entertaining. And they've earned the right to be. They've earned the right, yeah, you want to be a fucking, you know, dick for the rest of your life. Uh, Godspeed. Go for it. You know, do it. And I think maybe I'll be that. Maybe I'll do that. I'll be on the inside. I'll be secretly super happy, and I'll just be admiring the beauty. But just for the entertainment of others, I'll just be like these fucking skateboarders. Yeah, you kids in your baggy pants get fucked. I'm definitely going to swear as an old man. Old people swearing is funny. Almost as funny as young children swearing. Children like around the ages of four, five, or six, when they're dropping F-bombs, that's, I mean, that's top-tier comedy. Top-tier comedy right there. This is Instagram video where this teacher's like, hey, boys and girls, are we ready to learn? And this little kid's like, fuck you, bitch. <laughs> and and even the parents in the room are laughing because it's just funny to hear a kid swear like that. It's also funny when uh, kids get together. Like, I'm talking like eight, nine years old, right? But you got like ten of them. And eight, eight nine years old, like about ten nine-year-olds in a crew when they get together in a crew and they all have like uh like t-ball bats and stuff like that and then they get around the teacher and they just start whacking her in the kneecaps that is hilarious that is comedy and then the teacher's like no and then the kids are just ting 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 and all the kids are laughing that's funny that's i like that and people don't do that enough kids don't do that enough because you know why this generation's soft
Back in my day, we used to kill people. Like men. We used to murder people. No one's murdering anyone anymore. It's a problem. We're all too soft. Too soft to kill. Oh, boy. Yesterday, I finally got some pictures taken because... I'm going to be releasing an album, an album I recorded six years ago. Yesterday, I finally, after six years of sitting on this fucking thing, yesterday I took the photos that will be used for the album cover and possibly a headshot, a new headshot. Because I got to get on my fucking grind. This is fucked already. It's fucking crazy. I have to do it. I recorded the album six years ago. I did two sets at the Handsome Daughter. Great bar. And uh, the guy who helped me organize it, Misha, did a great job. He even made me a special... He was They were serving special drinks on the night. It was fucking one of the best nights of comedy I've ever done. It was so fun. It was a special orange creamsicle drink. And it went down like a creamy... Like an orange creamsicle, Really? That's exactly how it tasted, like a melted orange creamsicle. But on your third one, you're already fucked. And it was great. And the early show was a little nerve-wracking. But my family, because because my family was in the crowd, at least my mom and my brother. Um, but by the late show, I was uh, wrecked. And I, get all, I got a little slurry. Not racial. Phonetic. Um... And you can hear it on the album to be released soon for only $19.99 on Bandcamp. Just joking. Won't be $19.99. Stream it free on fucking platforms and shit. I'm going to try to rain that claw, see how much money I can get for it. But we're going to put out a goddamn product because I've been sitting on that bitch for six years now. And, um,. And half those jokes don't even apply anymore. They're all just like, I'm so fat. Man, do you know when you're fat? Like, I'm fat. So when I was fat, I, I, I sit on the toilet because I'm fat and I ate too much food. So I'm shitting all the food that I ate because I'm fat. It's a lot of that type of material. But, um, but hey, I'm still proud of it. It was good for what I did at the time. Is it good now that I'm releasing it six years after the fact? No. But hey, there was a pandemic. Get off my ass. All right? There's a lot of anxiety. We didn't know where the world was going. I was too scared to work on my comedy. I was too scared to write jokes. You know? I was concerned about masks. And about social distancing, I couldn't write material. <laughs> so back off. But I took the pictures with my good buddy. I say good buddy. I don't know if he qualifies as a good buddy. His name's William McNeish. And I don't say he, he's one of my favorite friends. Hanging out with him every time. The only thing is we only hang out like once every three years. But, at the same time, every time I hang out with him, it's a lights out good time. He's a great, funny dude. And, um, takes a mean picture. And we got day drunk. Well, I got day drunk off of two drinks, because we hadn't, I hadn't eaten anything. Then I went to Mary Brown's. Got a two-piece combo. Two-piece meal. Taters. Coleslaw. wing. Thigh. Can of bubbly. Brought it home. Wolfed it down. Instantly took a nap. Instantly. And then woke up and went to Wee Johnny's for comedy. Who, by the way, Wee Johnny's is, I mean, no disrespect to the people who put on comedy shows there. And the crowds are usually fantastic. But I have always hated that fucking bar. And I will always hate that bar. The bar staff is always... 
mediocre at best. They were borderline rude to me yesterday. And granted, I'm a drunken buffoon. But at the same time, like, God damn it. Every time I go there, they're, they're putting something in the shots. Like, I don't get that drunk at any other bar. So we, Johnny, start watering down your goddamn shots. I'm so sick of that fucking place. Even the lights on stage, it's that harsh purple light. I don't like it. Why is everyone purple? Huh? Whatever happened to that nice, warm, yellow, fluorescent lights? You go in there, there's fucking... I don't know. Whatever. I don't mind Wee Johnny's. To get hammered there, it's fine, but... I don't even know what stance to take. I don't know how I feel about Wee Johnny's. I came out harsh saying that that bar fucking sucked. It doesn't suck. I suck at that bar. That's actually what's going on. I hate myself being at that bar. At any other bar, I like myself. That bar makes me hate myself. So fuck that bar. Yeah. Fuck you, Wee Johnny's, for making me question who I am as a person. Crazy, I didn't think a bar could give me low self-esteem, but that's what we Johnny's does. Fucking weird vibes in there. Mm. What else? There's nothing to talk about, and this is a nothing podcast, but goddammit, we're climbing the ranks. We're getting up there. I'm going to Palm Springs in a couple of weeks, and... Um, and I don't know how I'm going to pay for anything. But I have no right to bitch about anything. See, again, it's too goddamn quiet. This fucking apartment building is way too quiet, dude. I know my neighbors are listening to me right now. Downstairs and upstairs. People across the hall. I'm fucking paranoid, dude. I feel like everyone's listening to me, man. And you know that they are. They're up there. They're fucking listening. With a fucking glass to the floor. And they can hear every time I urinate, every time I defecate, and every time I masturbate. And they've got spreadsheets on their fucking computers. And they're keeping tabs. And one day, they're gonna, you know, bring it to the caretaker. And he's gonna be like, why are you keeping track of this? And they're gonna be like, just look at it. And he's going to go out over the numbers. And even though it's an insane invasion of privacy, the numbers are just going to be so crazy that he will have to take action. His hands are tied. It's like when the cops enter a house without a warrant. Yeah, of course, you can't, you can't hold it to them. But then you walk in there, there's drugs everywhere. It's like, well, something's got to be done about that. But anyways, what was I talking about? Um, I have no reason to bitch and complain. I have no reason to do that. I, you know, I gotta say, my whole life, my entire life, for all intents and purposes, which, by the way, I used to think was all intensive purposes, I found out at like 25 that it was like intense and purposes. It was crazy. Anyway, um, my whole life's been a cakewalk. And like even if I spend the rest of my life in San Quentin jail in California, being held there for a crime, I didn't commit completely innocent, wrongful conviction. And I go down there and the guards beat the shit out of me. And instantly, instantly, I'm just being gang raped by every sect and gang in their place. That's actually what brings the gangs together. That's actually what ended racism in San Quentin was their love of raping me. And that was just the rest of my life. I still would have no reason to bitch or complain. 
because just my life as a whole is just, it's just very easy. It's just a very, it's a cakewalk life. It's a very easy life. I went to H&R Block the other day. First of all, Canada Revenue Agency, they sent me a letter and they were like, hey, listen, you fuck, you owe us money. And I was like, what? I don't really make that much. How do I owe you money? And they were like, because you claimed a Canadian worker benefit. You're going to school all year, you piece of shit. You didn't think we'd fucking notice? I'm like, take it easy. Take it easy. So I went to H&R Block. And I didn't know. Every year, I never know how much I'm going to get back on a tax refund. But it's at that point where I just know I'm going to get something back. I'm really hugging the poverty line, so I pay a decent amount of taxes, but I get most of them back just because at the end of the day, they're like, this guy's a bum. Let's fucking throw on, on, I mean, in reality, I mean, I'm living like a goddamn king, but on paper, whew, things are looking rough. So I went to H&R Block, and I give them all their information, and they're trying to find out why I owe this money. Turns out that they fucked up, and not even that H&R Block fucked up, but that their computers fucked up. So instantly, they say, okay, well, you, you, you do owe this money, but we'll give you the fees back from what we charged you last year, which was like 250 bucks. So right there, I got that. Then I get a letter from some guy named Carl. At the head office in H&R Block. He says next year my taxes are free too. And not only that. I got a pretty decent return. It took care of the debt. And put a couple of G's in my pocket. And I'm still. Walking through life. Like some drunk blind asshole. Whose feet somehow. Find. Some drunk, blind asshole walking across a raging river. And somehow, my feet just keep hitting the rocks. I don't get it. Shut up. Hydro bill. What the fuck? They're trying to fuck me again. Um, case in point, the other day, I'm, uh, you know, I'm driving, I'm driving my Civic, Honda Civic, former vehicle of the old ball coach, Ben Walker, who's coming to Winnipeg and is doing a Rumors Comedy Club. One of the best comics in the game, one of the best hangs in the game, without question. Ottawa doesn't know what they have. Ball coach, Ben Walker, used to live in Winnipeg. He was a local favorite, local legend among the comics, actually. He moves to Ottawa. Ottawa doesn't know what they're sitting on there. Right? I don't know if Ottawa is just a whack in general or what kind of comedy scene those people have in Ottawa, but it sounds fucking bunk from the fucking stories I've heard. All right? You guys sound whack. If you're not, I mean, if you don't fuck with the old ball coach, then you take a look at yourself because you're missing out. But anyways, before the old ball coach, Ben Walker, moved to Ottawa, he sold me his Honda Civic. And I have been beating the shit out of it. And it's been a great time. But a few weeks ago, um, I guess I hit one too many curbs or one too many potholes. And the rim, is it bent. And uh, the tire had got a slow leak. And that slow leak, well, it got quick got faster it was training hard that leak and before you know first it was pretty slow but it went to the track every day and before we knew it it was a uh, it was a quick leak anyways so i put the donut on there and then um i start just mowing down curbs and potholes with that thing so I'm on my way to host a gig at Underdogs, just a local bar. And sure enough, now the donut's flat. Uh-oh. So I pull into this apartment building, and it says, Unauthorized parking prohibited, Dr. Toe, 
Dr. Hook is going to be here. Get the fuck out of here. And there was like some old guy who was like on his balcony. And he was trying to throw hot boiling oil on me as I was like looking at my tire. But he missed and it just landed on some old lady walking into the building. And she was like, ah! and he's like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. And I was like, yeah, I know, my tire. So, anyways, I left the note. I said flat tire. And then I just caught a cab. I went to Underdogs. And then I came back there the next day. Sure enough, they had towed it. You know. People have no hearts in this city when it comes to uh, parking and unauthorized parking prohibited spots. They don't care. They'll fucking shoot you. They'll stab you. If you park in the wrong place here in the city. And I'm not talking about like gangsters. I'm talking about like Christian businessmen. If you park where you're not supposed to. And even if it's not their lot. They will come out. And they will just start stabbing you in the thighs. It's weird. They take parking very seriously in this city. So anyways, I called Dr. Hook and the lady on the um, phone, I don't know if they're used to just being bitched at and fucking screamed at all the time, but I was just like, hey, you told me, what do you want? And uh, she was super friendly, polite, I think she gave me a deal. And it's only like 14 bucks a day to store your car there. Like if they tow it, you got to pay the towing fee, but then every day... It's like 14 bucks a day to keep it in the Dr. Hook lot. Which is cheaper than most parking. So from now on, you know, if I got to leave my car somewhere overnight, I'll be like, fucking tow it. It'll be cheaper. Long-term parking. Done and done. Dr. Hook it is. So anyways, I went, took a bus. I got my car back. I went to Cal Tire. The story's going nowhere. I went to Dr. Hook, got my car back, limped it into Cal Tire. Cal Tire looks at my rim. They bend it back. Takes 20 minutes. Cost me 40 bucks. I can't lose. Even when I, even when I lose, I can't lose. You understand? It's incredible. Anyways, I'm going to bookmark that last segment as the great towing story. Put that on YouTube. That'll be a that'll, that'll be a prairie dumpster highlight. Oh man, did you hear that hilarious story where Tyler got his car towed and then he went to the tow place and he got the car back? That was cool. I think I'm gonna subscribe to his Patreon. I want more of this content. People have been saying that I've uh, that I look younger than I actually am. I'm 36, but people are saying, "Wow, I didn't think you were 36. That's crazy." I've been hearing that lately. Be new, but um, I think it's because I'm I just no responsibilities really, and I, I have no fulfillment from uh, you know raising a family. The wife, the kids, I, I don't get any of the joy that comes with that. But also I get none of the stress that comes with that either. It's a trade-off. You know, you're lonely. You feel uh, empty sometimes. You feel uh, like a fucking loser at times. Pathetic. Failure comes to mind. But... When you're not feeling that shit, uh, you're feeling pretty good. You're feeling pretty stress-free. The world is your oyster. You can go anywhere. I'm 36. I can go anywhere and do anything. And who knows? I might do nothing. But still, I have options. There's potential. But I feel like this... um, I feel like this freedom lifestyle really keeps you young. I saw some guy last night at Wee Johnny's, man, and this guy has been through the ringer. 
or I think he's been through the ringer. I don't know, but he looks beat. You ever seen a guy that just looks beat? He's just like, eh, hey, like just defeated. Still fighting, but he doesn't even know why anymore. You know. I see some guys are like, how old are you? Like 38, 39, like 31. It's like, oh, Jesus. You got a lot of stress in your life. Just put on seven years on you. It's brutal. And I'm smoking, you know, smoking cigarettes. I'm doing all the bad shit. All the shit you're not supposed to do. I'm doing it. I think stress is the main thing. I think stress is the killer. Stress and work seem to make people um, ugly. <laughs> they seem to really age you quickly. And it hurts your body. Because there's guys like George Burns. That guy smokes cigars. He's chugging, you know, bourbon for breakfast. And that guy lived till he was like fucking 160. And everyone's like, how do you do it? And I think he was just, uh, he, he was just like, oh, you know, who gives a shit? Fuck it. That attitude. I think that attitude is what pushes people. Uh, that, that brings you to that level where later in life people are like, how in the fuck is this guy still alive? How is he still living? And I hope I'm one of those guys someday. I really do. I hope I'm one of those guys that everyone's like, dude, who, this guy should be dead three times over. This guy should have died in his 20s from drinking alone. 30, 40 years old, he should have had another death from the cigarettes. And he should have died from natural causes at least 12 years ago. People are going to marvel at me someday. And then when I'm 92, I've already got to figure it out. I'll be like 92, 93. And then I'll bring the news crews out because like for my 92nd birthday, Tyler Penner had always wanted to go skydiving. And then they'll do like a little heartwarming piece about me. You know, he lived his life as a comedian. And, uh, well, it never really panned out for him. But he tried it. For 70 years, he tried to get ahead in Canadian comedy. And it wasn't, they just didn't, uh, no one ever gave him the green light. But he kept drinking. And he kept joking. And today that man is 92 years old, and he's always in his life wanted to go skydiving. And I'll be like, this is a dream come true. And then they'll bring the um, news crew onto the plane. And they'll be up there, and I'll be ready to jump. And then as I'm about to get out of the plane, I'll be like, blow me. And then I'll leave the plane, and then the news crew on the plane are like, did he say blow me? What, what was that about? And then they're going to film me. And um, and I'm just not going to open the chute. <laughs> I'm just not going to open it. I'm just going to splatter on the ground. 93 years old. And are they going to call it a tragedy? Of course they will. But is it? No. That's how I want to go out. 92 years old. Commit suicide at 92 years old. That would be cool. I used to do a bit about that, but people aren't creative enough with their suicides. And I think it's because... Um, you know, when you're in that position, you, uh, you know, you're depressed or sad and it's not something to joke about. It's not funny. And you're just, you're in so much pain, you just want a quick way out. But I mean, come on, if you're going to do it, like be creative about it, you know, pills, knife, come on. No one's grabbing onto power lines anymore. You know what I mean? Or like try to fight a bear, you know? Try to mix it up with a bear. Go to the zoo, hop a fence or two, and try to kick a gorilla in the balls. 
and then just let them rip you apart. Like, how is that, you know? And then people read your suicide note and they're like, yeah, I'm not feeling this life anymore, but I'm going to go kick a gorilla in the balls. Like, that's legendary shit. That's, that's, that's the stuff legends are made of. The last, I mean, the, the, this is dark, but the coolest suicide, one of them, has to be that guy that uh, worked at the airport. And then one day, I guess he just snapped and he just, he just walked onto an empty plane and just fl- took off with it. <laughs> he stole a jet. He stole a, a, a 747 around the Seattle area. And he was just flying around the area. He was just doing barrel rolls and was doing maneuvers, like loop-de-loops and shit. And and, and then he was, like, talking with, um, there's, like, fighter jets circling, too. And they're like, do we shoot this guy down? What's he doing? And he was talking with ground control. And ground control was like, bro, what are you doing? And he's like, I don't know. It's been kind of a... Uh, it's been kind of down lately, you know? And everyone's like, yeah, but why are you stealing jets? And he was like, I just want to have a bit of fun. And and then I think he just crashed into a mountain. Didn't hurt anyone. Just killed himself. Um, but did something cool. And you can hear those audio recordings on YouTube. Check that out. It's really, really interesting stuff. coffee on my laptop this is a brand new laptop i've had it for two months it's just already just 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 i just know inside the motherboard or inside between the keys is just a treasure trove of beard hair and mary brown's crumbs and fucking coffee dried coffee oh man i gotta keep this thing clean I keep vaping on it too. It's covered in dust. It's it's just it's just uh... Let's go on Instagram and we'll see um Yeah, there's really not, uh, Jesus Christ. I love when, like, multi-millionaires, like, athletes or actors and stuff like that are doing commercials for, like, oat milk. Like, what are you doing? You've got enough money to retire for life. You've already been in the public eye your whole life. What, you, you're... Just so obsessed with fame that you're doing oat milk commercials. Like, um, like Kevin Hart is doing commercials for fucking poker stars. And I guess they threw him like a million dollars. And I guess, like, why would you turn down a million dollars, right? But why would you say yes to a million dollars when you've already got a hundred million dollars? What are you going to do with that? Like, why would you even waste your time? Why would you spend the day at the studio filming the commercial to do that if you've already got it made? And if you've got that much money, why are you pushing gambling on people? I don't get it. And I'm not trying to take a moral high ground here, but Jesus Christ, like Wayne Gretzky and Connor McDavid are in a commercial for Bet Bet MGM or something like that. It's the worst commercial of all time. I mean, Gretzky's a terrible actor. He's like, hey, Connor, you have to work on your shot there. And Connor's one of those fucking 
greatest hockey player of all time, possibly, but just dead-eyed. He's like, no, you do, Gretzky. You need to work on your shot. My shot's pretty good. And then, because they're trying to, like, make this commercial, like, Gretzky and McDavid are, like, chirping each other. They're, like, talking shit. So Gretzky's like, yeah, but at least I got goals. Um, I, I got a lot of goals. McDavid's like, yeah, but you haven't been playing for a while, bud. And then it's like, bet MGM. It's like, what are we doing? I don't get it. I also don't care. I've been working very hard to open up my hip. I told a friend recently uh, that I feel like I'm one hip crack away from being a brand new person. Like if I can just get this hip open a little bit and get my groin muscles figured out, I feel like my financial situation will improve. I'll be a new man if I can just open up my goddamn hip a little bit. My hip always hurts. Now my dad's going for hip replacement surgery. I'm looking at that now. You know? It's bad. And I started doing like hip exercises. It's making it worse. I just want to be able to fuck, you know? I'm joking. What I want is to be able to... Honestly, what I want is I want to be able to um, move and bend at will. There's still things like when I bend down or when I like there's little things I can't do. Like I can't. um, Like, you know, when you sit on your knees, right, and your knees are totally folded, I can't do that. I can't sit in a chair and just have my knees have my knees touching each other. You know, that that causes that that's work for me. That's a problem. And I knew I had to do something a couple of years ago because I went snowboarding. I went snowboarding with a couple of friends and they were like, Tyler, you want to ski or snowboard? I'm like, oh snowboard. I'm a snowboarder. I go snowboarding, yeah. No, I'm all about snowboard. Even though I snowboarded once in my life. And even that was a debacle. Back in grade nine. And then at one point I was like so fed up because I couldn't stay on my feet. I just kept falling down. That I just hopped on the snowboard and sat on it and rode it down the hill like a sled. And then I got way too much speed. The snowboard got away from me and it just went careening into the woods. So while all my other classmates were having fun and skiing, I spent two hours in the woods looking for my snowboard. And then I found it, and I walked down the mountain, and I said, Hey, motherfucker, take this shit back. And then (laughs) went to the fucking restaurant and sat there drinking hot chocolate. I was like, fill me up again. He's like, sir, don't you think you've had enough hot chocolate? I'm like, fill me up again. So that was my that was my first snowboarding experience. So this time around, I went with my good buddies Andy, Jordan, and a guy named Julian, and we went we went we went boarding. And Jordan knows who he is. Jordan's like, no, I'm skiing. I'm gonna go skiing. It's a little easier. And I should have gone skiing, but instead I went boarding. I went snowboarding. And at some point, I was putting my board on. You know, I got my feet in the board, but I couldn't stand up. I couldn't get up, you know, because my feet were together. And the way my feet were positioned, my hip and my abs, they weren't working. I wasn't physically able to get up on the snowboard. And all I wanted to do at that point was to get down the fucking hill. I just want to get out of here. I want to go have a beer in the restaurant. So I tried and I tried. And I couldn't do it. So finally I was like, fuck this. I take the snowboard off and I just start carrying it down the hill. And I'm just walking down the hill. And everyone's snowboarding past me and they're kind of like, well, what's this guy's problem? Is there a problem or something? Some guy skied past me. He's like, hey, you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm okay. 
just walking down. He's like, problem with the board? I'm like, yeah. He's like, oh, what's wrong with it? I'm like, I don't know. Have a good day. And he's like, oh. Then he went skiing. And I was just walking. It was humiliating because everyone on the, the chairlift was right there. So everyone's moving past me. This like 14-year-old kid is like on the chairlift. He screams down and he's like, hey, why are you walking? And I couldn't just yell up to him like, I, uh, my, my hip's not open enough and my abs aren't strong enough to be able to stand up on the snowboard. Um, I, I, you know, it was an ego thing. It really is an ego thing. I thought, you know, I'm a snowboarder. I had that part of the uh, simulacrum of my life. And um, even though it wasn't, it never was. I've been faking it the whole time. I've been telling people that I enjoyed snowboarding. I've never enjoyed it. I've been telling people that I'm a snowboarder. Some people tell me, what are your hobbies? Like on Tinder, on a dating app, I put down, I like snowboarding. But that's a lie. And I'm ready to give up that lie now. And I'm walking down the fucking hill with my board in my hands. Because I'm done with the ego of being attached to this goddamn snowboard. I am finished with it. I'm not a snowboarder. I'm not a skier. I'm nothing. And I'm going to go get drunk now in the hotel bar. And then the kid on the chairlift was like, sounds like you're just fucking gay. I was like, again, that might just be an ego thing. No, I don't know. But anyways, so that's when I gave up snowboarding. But that's also what led me to think, like, I got to open up my hip. My hip and my groin. I've done too much computer chair sitting. And as such, we're going to do hip exercises. We're going to do it. Anyways, I'm going to get going. I got to take a shower. I got to hose the grime off this fucking body before I go to Rumors Comedy Club. I'm doing the early show. I'm doing the late show. And uh going to have a drink or two. And uh, it should be a good time. should be a good time. God damn it, I love that place. I love that place. The best comedy club in Winnipeg. By far. Put that on the fucking record. I'll testify to that shit. Even though I haven't been to any of the competitors. I think it's safe to say that Rumors is the greatest What are we doing? Oh, yeah, I guess I should give you updates on uh, the tour and how the tour's going. Um, bit of news. There's a bit of news, a couple of updates that I have to give um, that uh, you might like, you might not like, depending on where you are um, and what you think about me, all right? If you love me, some of you are going to be disappointed. If you hate me, some of you are going to be disappointed. Um Okay, we said that we were going to go to um, uh, Friedensthal and that we were going to go to uh, Neubergthal and Halbstadt. Now, Halbstadt is still a go, but I told you that when you go to Halbstadt, you have to bring your own cocaine. Uh, turns out you also have to uh, pay tribute to the local Hutterite colonies by bringing them a bag of cocaine. And I just don't have the money for that right now. I know I told you about my tax return sitch, but um, no. So, Hauptstadt, I'm sorry. Uh, we'll party another time, all right? Instead, we're going to go to Tolstoy. That's right. We're going to Tolstoy, Manitoba, and also going to quickly swing in in Stewartburn and... Uh, and uh, also, we're going to hit up the um, uh, the Mexican part of southeastern Manitoba. That is, we're going to Caliento, we're going to Sundown, and we're going to Mendocino. And people are like, oh, well, you must be going to Piney then. No, we're not going to fucking Piney. Fuck Piney. I'll never step foot in that fucking dump again. Are you kidding me? Fuck Piney. Uh, but we will be at South Junction pretty soon. And then we'll go to Sprague. Close out the tour in Sprague. I actually been to Sprague before. Went to Moose Lake around there, or as the fishers call it, Black Fly Lake. The bugs in Manitoba are insane. At least they were last year. 
But you go to like the mosquitoes in the city and the um, you know surrounding parts. The mosquitoes are the big one. But if you start getting out to the White Shell or to northern Manitoba, dude, these black flies and these horse flies—they're like the size of baseballs, and they've got two butter knives for teeth, and they're just taking chunks out of you. Black flies are crazy. And we spent a lot of time in Black Fly Lake. What was it? Moose Lake. Good old Moose Lake. Which is not far from the border. You can get to the Lake of the Woods from there. And then you can go to Ontario. Or you can go to the United States. You can go to Minnesota. Which is always weird. I always wondered why they never um, ran guns up through there. Guns and drugs. Maybe they do. I don't know. Seems like you could just get a little boat and start filling it with guns and drugs and uh, various immigrants from various different countries and just start running shit. Who's going to stop you? The fucking park rangers? No. They're too busy cracking down on people with bogus fishing licenses. But anyways, I'm going to get out of here. Shout out to the What do I want to pick? Shout out to the Safeway cabbage rolls that they serve there. They serve cabbage rolls sometimes. And it sounds like a terrible dish and for the most part it is, but for some reason it clicks with me. You got ground beef and rice packed together in a bunch of cabbage and dump some tomato sauce on it. It's just like me. On paper, dog shit. In reality, hey, not bad. Not bad. It's an acquired taste. Or maybe it's the Mennonite in me that likes the cabbage. You know what they call cabbage in low German? Cums. That's a true story. Um, shout out to the band Kublacon. TX. It's a hardcore band. I've been listening to this band all week. And I tell ya, I can't listen to this band without either lifting weights or pretending like I'm punching someone or, you know, walking down the street hoping that someone starts it. Man, I get pissed off listening to this band. And they are good. Any band that can really piss you off and be like, you know, you listen to this band for 10 seconds and you're like, I'm not taking any shit anymore. Fuck you. It's a great band. Great, great band. And finally, a big shout out to my good buddy, Alec Vanderstein. I already kind of shouted out William McNeish, but Alec Vanderstein bailed me out yesterday. He got some advice from a comic who no longer does comedy. He handled it like a gentleman, even though it did piss him off. And then he gave me a ride home. And by home, I mean the subway at the corner of a river in Osborne. And uh, I was hammered, and I told him I would walk home. And he said, you know, walk home? You're crazy. And he gave me a ride in his car. And that is the great Vanderstein story of 2023. So shout out to you, buddy. And shout out to the one person who listened to a podcast. Maybe someday some of uh, some other people will listen to this. Who knows? Who knows where the world will bring us? But it doesn't matter where it brings us. We know where it's going to end. I will see you in hell.
Inquisition Back to the terror 